Hello horror fans, it's me Cassandra with the Horrorcraft Podcast and today we have a very special guest on. We have the Mark Taus and he is an amazing writer. Um, he's got a couple of novels out, one of which is called One Last Shindig and it is an amazing book. Mark is a wonderful person and he's living proof that you're never too old to go and chase your dreams. Not that I'm calling Mark old because he is an amazing person and is not old. Um, but this is an incredible interview. I cannot wait for you to hear it. So let's get into it. So let's cue the music. Hello, horror fans. It's me, Cassandra, from the Horror Craft Podcast, and today we have on Mark Taus. How are you? I am mighty fine, Cassandra. Thank you very much. <laughs> Alive and kicking and ready to, ready to have a giggle and talk about horror. Yeah, definitely. So, um, obviously, you are from Yorkshire, England, and yep, currently... Where the come from. Yeah. Um, and... oh, sorry, I always, I always say that, so... <laughs> Um, and now you live in Australia. Yeah. So yeah, uh, not in, not in Melbourne, but in a, just outside of Geelong, which is the second biggest city in, in Victoria. It's a really nice little sort of sleepy coastal town full of semi-retired and retired folk, which is probably sort of part of the inspiration for some of the geriatric horror uh, that I write. But yeah, it's nice and quiet and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's got a nice, easy, relaxed kind of flow to it, which suits me fine. See, when you say that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. And then uh, yeah. other things that I hear, I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I wouldn't judge I wouldn't judge all old people by the, the kind of stuff I write. That's quite dangerous. <laughs> to be honest. But, no, but I mean, yeah. just like uh, like I have a big thing with bugs. So, oh, yeah, 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 that just would not yeah. be for me um okay, so I mean, it's all because like we, we get some years when when they're, they're pretty um pretty bad but then other years when we don't we don't get any at all um but it's funny enough actually one of the first stories i wrote was called interminable interminable buzz uh and that's about flies and you know so how we get inundated with them sometimes in australia and sort of that that doesn't that gets quite gnarly but yeah but flies did take a bit of, get, bit of getting used to you know, I, I was sort of like thinking I should be wary of crocodiles and sharks, but it was it was the flies that really got me in the end. Yeah, see, I'm okay with the crocodiles. I'm okay with the sharks. I'm okay with the flies. The spiders, that would just be my, yeah. Oh, we've got some beauties. Yeah, we have. Yeah. We do have some beauties. Absolutely. Yeah, there was one on, um, it must have been a few weeks ago, actually, there's one on the, the ceiling of our car. Um, we didn't, it, 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 we were driving and I, I was speaking on another podcast about this, but we were driving, uh, I can't remember where we we're going, but all of a sudden from the corner of my eye, I saw something on the, on the, the ceiling of the car and we looked up and we saw a spider as big as a hand, um, immediately above us. And we, we, I mean, I, I just, I just said to Steph, I said, I've tried to stay calm. I said, look, darling, we, we just have to pull over and <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just I didn't want to tell her why because I knew that would probably let, you know end up sort of knocking a cow over in a field or something so um so I just tried to be very gentle and sort of like we need to pull over now um you know and but I had to tell her in the end there was a spider on the roof and yeah it was it was an interesting one that one yeah 
Yeah. But apparently we, we've done it before where we've got a spider out, we should want out. But they, they sort of like make, make their home in certain places. So they tend to come back. Um, you know, so you've got to be quite wary of them returning. I don't like killing them because I, I quite personally, I quite like spiders, but not, not just above my head. Um, and we get some beauties across here. Some absolute, like the orb spiders are stunning. And some of the webs they weave, just delightful, the sort of intricacy. Um, but yeah, you don't really want one three inches above your head. No, no, I, I don't want one around me, period. And that sounds terrifying. If I was the person driving the car, at, we would have crashed. Yeah. 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 I would have. It has just... nightmares about it to this day, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an odd thing to be scared of spider and little things like that, isn't it? Really? I mean, they're so small and tiny in comparison, but it's like people are terrified of them. I think but... it's the skittering. So for me, um, my dad's side of the family is from Colorado. And they yeah. had like five acres of land in an area called La Hanta, um, which is very like your neighbor is like five miles away. Um, yeah. So you can kind of get stuck. So I remember like a lot of times being on like a little golf cart beater thing, um, going and helping out. And I remember one year in particular, um, they also owned a truck driving company and um, it so they had this really long garage. And there was yeah. like a back part to it and I was driving into it and you could kind of like see them skittering from the corner oh, of your shoot. eye. Okay. And yeah. All right. I like, oh, no, no wonder you scared stiff. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> that I, would do like, for anyone. I like turned the corner and there was a huge, there was a big one that was just yeah. dangling down. And right. I literally had to like duck and okay. like, just keep going. And I remember literally like, going out and like screaming being like i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> um so, so you're not going to be first in line queuing up for the remake of arachnophobia then when it comes out no no i mean i guess as a horror fan i'm going to sit through it because i've sat through other ones like i mean i love david arquette so i sat through eight legged freaks and stuff like that yeah. um but yeah no arachnophobia no i've well, i've seen yeah. it but i'm like yeah no <laughs> no so obviously you. you are a multi-talented author um you have i mean your books are stunning and the latest one is one last shindig and as you said it is a geriatric horror which i thought was really cool when i first kind of read through it um because you don't see a lot of uh people gravitating towards something like that and i think that's yeah. an area that doesn't get talked about a lot but there are some horrifying things um yeah. that can be done so i really like that you you did that and it wasn't about them obviously being older you know you can tell in the book they're older um yeah. but you you put them in a situation that quite frankly anyone could be in but um yeah. even just your detail it was gorgeous so we will um definitely get into that here in a little bit but we're going to play a game called nine Cass uh, nine cassandras um, apparently I'm going to okay. clone myself and there's going to be nine of me around here. Nine questions <laughs> with Cassandra. Um, is, it, so is this trivia, general knowledge? Because I, no. I, I really, I really made a fool of myself the last no. time I did this. <laughs> no, I, it's I, it was just... questions about Australia. And I, 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 had, I had a feeling I was going to get an email like two days later saying they're going to, you know, get rid of me from the country. So, um, <laughs> no. yeah, put no. me out. But yeah, this will not get you, um, deported okay. from australia and Brilliant. um this will um uh, it's just basic like um certain things if that it you does like i'm coming to live at your house cassandra you do appreciate that like so you bet your best have a spare room ready 
I, I mean, you can live in this room if, if <laughs> you know, you'll be surrounded by horror movies, but um, it'll be okay. Uh, but no, it's just actually stuff that you like. So in the horror genre. So the first question, yeah. um, I can't do a ghost based voice, but what is your favorite scary movie? All right. Okay. Good question. I, um, I always struggle to answer the most favorite one. I do. I always struggle with that one because like, as soon as you say that, there are tons of them that spring to mind. Um, I think maybe Jacob's Ladder is definitely up there. Jacob's Ladder is definitely. Have you seen that one? Yes, yeah, I that, have. That, that, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that's, a, that's a beautiful film. And Tim Robbins was like spectacular in that one. Um, the Ritual, written by Adam Neville, which yeah. I think is fantastic because I think um, I've watched that four times. And I, I think part of the reason why I enjoyed that is the camaraderie between you know, the gang of lads on that going on that yes. holiday to commemorate their friend. I think, I think that was done to perfection. Um, oh man, there's so many, there's so many. I don't think I can give you a favorite. Um, uh, I loved, I like the conjuring, you know, I like the old sort of nightmare on Elm street. I love all that hellraiser. You know, see, I understand. Cause I'm the same way. I yeah. think it's uh, whatever mood you catch me in. That's like, my favorite um so it's hard for me I feel like that's kind of asking you to pick your favorite child um because you do connect (laughs) I I can actually do that no (laughs) (laughs) you do connect like that um you get that connection with that movie so um like deep it changes I think it changes throughout the course of of you know, like anything, like your taste buds change, everything, everything sort of your taste change, you know, your music taste change, everything changes. But, but, you know, just recently the, the most modern film of lights has, has been the ritual. Uh, Cause I, I, I just thought, you know, I, I read the book, love the book. And I think the film did a really good job. Uh, it's very rarely, I think that, that a movie um, does the book justice. So I think the talent right. is the Ripley is one of those. Cause I, I love that movie. I watched that the other night again. Um, but there's very few that, that really honor the book really well uh, but the ritual is is probably my favorite of the moment yeah, yeah because i love yeah. i love cults I, I love all that kind of jazz you know oh good, a good cult is always yeah. yeah you got me sold on that so yeah, yeah. i understand because like i i have a lot that are my favorite but like recently i think within the last week i rewatched apostle which is on netflix loved it and and i love that movie so i cannot recommend that enough to people and who um, was the guy that played that main character because he was so good in that oh um dan stevens because he was in um yeah he was in beauty and the beast and he's been in a lot of downton abbey he's been in a lot of other ones um but he was just perfect in that and I think that that was just flawless. Um, So yeah, it just reminded me of the classics, which speaking of the classics, um, I am a huge fan of the Universal Monsters. um, And as I think a lot of horror fans are, who is your favorite Universal Monster? What do you mean by universal monster? Like, so you were like thinking sort of like type of like werewolf cryptid that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So we're talking about like the ones um, that specifically um, kind of built horror. So the universal monsters are the Wolfman, Dracula, Bride of Frankenstein, Frankenstein, the creature from the Black Lagoon, or uh, Gilman as they like to call him, um, the Invisible Man, um, Bride of Frankenstein. So. Mm. That's a good question, uh, Cassandra. Actually, that's a really good question. Um, 
You know what? I remember watching, uh, I think it was a 50s film, Black and White, and it freaked me out. Um, and it was called, <laughs> I feel my laugh because the idea of something like this being scary is just ridiculous. But, but it was called Mole Man. I think it was mole people or mole, mole about people that lived underground. And I, for ages after watching that, I, I imagined these like people living underneath us in tunnels and like, you know, coming out when when the sun goes down and feeding and I just, just it was weird and I, I actually wrote a story about that because it inspired me so much um but that's a that's probably a very ambiguous answer but no yeah. I think that's a great answer because yeah. I I yeah. think anything kind of in that period um I'm a big sucker for Dracula period but I also yeah. As I get older, I think I have a deeper appreciation for the creature from the Black Lagoon because yeah. he kind of was just trying to do his own thing and they were coming in and like in his territory and then kind of expected yeah. him not to react. So um, yeah. I feel like that definitely um, is getting more attention now, which I'm appreciative of because that is a very, um, it's a good movie. And just the fact that somebody sat in that costume for like, 12 hours a day <laughs> yeah, and I've yeah. watched some behind the scenes stuff about like how the actor who sat in it like actually had like burns on his face and stuff like oh, that wow. from wearing it and okay. like the crazy things they had to do um I think that that's that's insane so um that's dedication that is dedication yeah, yeah deep yeah, dedication but like, like you said Dracula I mean that the, the fact that it's had so many spin-offs obviously just you know talk, speaks for itself doesn't it really but um but yeah i mean i i think what another one of my favorite horrors was was salem's lot um you know the, the stephen god I, I thought that was fantastic as well so you know there are so many it's just crazy but yeah dracula i can see that for sure yeah yeah i i think for me it's just something growing up that i identified with that kind of um protagonist of the kind of yeah. person that's just wanting to belong but doesn't yeah. and um yeah that kind of wounded bird almost kind of mentality where something deep and dark has happened and they're trying to just go through it and it's maybe not yeah. the best way possible. Um, yeah. But they're just, they're doing what they're doing. So yeah, I um, think that resonates with a lot of people. And I think that's probably why, yeah, it, it you know, it had such a, a good impact, I think, but I think, I think, like I said, it's so personal. Horror is so personal um you know why we attract to the different genres why some people are attracted to splatterpunk some psychological some of the subtle types some of the comedy horror i mean it, it, it's all a part of us it's all a part of um what we went through what traumas we lived through as a child so it is very personal yeah yeah definitely and like you said i mean dracula i, I there are so many different things with dracula um i make it a point of trying to watch anything that has vampires in it in general yeah um and i don't even think i've scratched the surface um, no, no, no. I mean, the, 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 you got the lost boys as well i mean yeah come on Amazing. right yeah so there's, um, there's so much good stuff yeah so we talked about lost boys and for the a while lost boys was kind of an underrated movie like it had it mo oh, its so moment and then it yeah. kind of was like yeah yeah and then it kind of boomed again um what yeah. is your favorite underrated horror movie or something that you feel is underrated Wow. Okay. Yeah. I've got some good questions here. Underrated horror movie. Um, underrated horror movie. I still, I still, I, I do think Jacob's Ladder is one of those because I don't know. I, I mean, and you might, you're a horror fan, um, yes. but a lot of people that I've spoken to haven't, haven't seen, haven't seen that movie. Um, yeah. the, the, the original version of Manchurian Candidate is not strictly horror, but 
it has got that sort of very ominous kind of feel to it as well. Um, underrated horror movie. Ah, oh, you know, it's a, I don't know. You, you, you've 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 got me thinking of that one. I, I I might I might come back to that one later if that's all right. Just yeah, that, no, it, that's great. Because the, the the hamsters don't pedal that fast these days, and I have to <laughs> I have to give them a bit of a head start, you know. Yeah, no, but, uh, no, yeah. I understand, and trust me, I get it. Like mine changes yeah. all the time. What like is I yours said. then? Um, I wax work. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, is that, it's not the one with Paris Hilton, is it? No, that's House of Wax. Um, oh, Waxwork yeah. is really yeah. no, but that's a good one too. I mean, that is it's a, not bad, is it? It's not bad no, actually. It, yeah. That's a very underrated. Now it's kind yeah. of getting more press, but um, Waxwork is one from the eighties, and yeah. it's about a group of friends. Um, which first of all, they should have realized that something was up to begin with when they get invited to hang out at a wax museum after hours. Um, but they get invited to go to a wax museum and um, it is like a horror kind of themed uh, wax museum yep. and things kind of seem off and a couple of their friends go missing and um, they're kind of like, if I've seen it or not, what, what was it called? I mean, uh, it's called wax it? work. Um, oh. And what happens is the actual, like the um, scenes um, suck people in. Um, and so if you get sucked into that scene, it's um, like there's one with Dracula where the girl gets sucked in kind of to a, a point of the Dracula story. And if you die in the waxwork, like when you're going through this, you're there permanently. Your soul is stuck. Um, ah, cool. So it's different little ones. But um, we had another guest that like brought it up and I was like, oh, my gosh, I thought I was the only one that really liked that. Um, yeah, fantastic. But yeah, I just think something's creepy about wax museums. And anything like that, like the Madame Tussauds and stuff. I, I remember going to back in England in I think it was Bridlington um seaside and there was uh i think it was dracula's dracula's haunted house or something like that or stoker's stoker's house but um that was full of these weird models and stuff and it was all dimly lit and the only reason that that stands out so well in my mind is that it, it sort of the entrance was down a staircase and you had to really be focusing on where you were going because it was very dimly lit and there was people um, in front and behind and I've, I've told this story before but I remember um, I was with my mum she was she was behind me and my dad was in front and I remember putting my hand on this because they have going down the banister these little rats mm -hmm. on the banister I remember putting my hand down and like thinking to myself oh, my mother's behind me should I tell her should I warn her give her some indication that, that what, what's about to happen uh, nah. So I thought, you know, <laughs> an evil child. And then I remember taking my hand off it, walking down and then just hearing this, this scream. And I snapped my head around and I saw my mother, one hand on the rat, the other hand was behind, just grabbing this woman's woman on the breast. And <laughs> I, I, honestly, and the, and the look on this woman's face and the look on my mother's face will, will be forever burned into my mind. <laughs> It was, it was priceless, honestly. I mean, mother, she didn't, she didn't immediately like go of the breast, you know, that the woman actually said to her, said, excuse me, you, you, you know, you've got all of my, um, well, what's it? So that, that was just, that was just a hoot. Um, but, but that, that was, that was a memory, but yeah, inside spooky, 
you know, full-size models, the, the, the dripping. It's, yeah, it's, there's something about it for sure. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of weird. And it's funny because I've had a similar experience happening in a haunted house. Um, yeah. I was younger and um, where I live in Ohio, we have a theme park by us called Cedar Point. And um, during the Halloween time, they do like a whole Halloween, they call it Halloween weekends. And so they, they put haunted houses and they go all out and stuff like that. And um, I was probably maybe like 13, 14 at the time. And I went with my friend. It was her sister's birthday. She had a couple friends and we decided to go into this one that was like a big top themed one. And um, I wasn't exactly a fan of clowns. And um, so we were going through this and it kind of like winded around and they went out in front of me and um, they got scared and they kind of like backed like they bum rushed me and it hit me up against a wall. And so I just felt like that rush, like, you know, you have a bloody nose and I'm holding my nose and all of a sudden there is a clown right here. As soon as I open my eyes and it was just an employee, like trying to check on me, but I knocked him in the face. Like I literally just like cold cocked him right in the face so they were like yeah it's probably a good idea if you exit now i'm like yeah, yeah I, I think, I, think so. I it's probably a when, good you, idea when you start too. hitting the clowns you know it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean yeah. yeah no yeah so um so yeah i am not i don't like doing that kind of stuff in person i'm i'm yeah. building up my tolerance as you would say, but, uh, but yeah, I could totally see that happening. I'm going gonna, gonna to come to your house one day and knock at your door dressed as a clown, dressed as Pennywise. My uh, <laughs> co-host did that. Really? Uh, we did a episode about almost a year ago uh, for kill, attack of, um, killer clowns from outer space. And yeah. she had the shorty costume. And so she told me she was coming and uh, my fiance had just left. And so I went to go open the door and she's dressed head to toe as shorty. Um, and I'm just, I, I about died. Yeah, I started, I imagine. yeah, yeah. At first I was shocked, but then I started laughing, but then my neighbors were like, uh, are you okay? Like there, there's somebody yeah. as a clown came to your house. I'm like, oh yeah, that was just my friend. Normal. <laughs> yeah. That's, the, that's normal. That's what happens. That's normal. <laughs> like it is what it is. But yeah, but, but yeah, so um, that video I think is on our, our podcast page, so I'll have to send it to you, but yeah, it was, yeah, definitely. It was bad. I want to see that reaction, but yeah. just going back to that question before, it's, it's not, um, it's probably not directly relevant, but um, in terms of the most underrated one, but I remember as a kid watching Creepshow, um, and there was, a, there was an episode from that, and it wasn't the one, uh, one of the ones that most people relate to, this was the one where the guy had the cockroaches, I think, inside his stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember nights afterwards, just, you know, the slightest groan from my stomach thinking at any moment it was going to burst open and his cockroaches were going to rush out. And that, that, that kept me awake for bloody nights. I tell you that, I, that scared me rigid, to be honest with you. Um, so that's probably not, not necessarily a direct answer, but that just sprang to mind. No, the, I, I know. I think that's absolutely, um, great. So like you had said, one of your, uh, favorites was the ritual. Um, yeah. What is a good foreign horror movie for you? A good foreign horror movie. You know what? I, I, I've seen so many. 
but my memory is, is just terrible because honestly <laughs> I, I it is just so terrible honestly i there's some really cool italian ones um there was a german one called it was about two boys um oh that was on netflix at the moment that was so good yes um I, do, do you remember that? Does that ring? I any don't. Bells? I I, re, I remember what you're talking about. I'm trying to think of the name. Yeah, um, me too. It was yeah. so eerie, and it was it was a slow build, but it was so ominous, and it was I loved it. Um, I don't. It wasn't called the boys. It was called something else. I can't remember now. Not the twins. The twins. No. 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 It's gonna um, drive me crazy. Yeah, I'm sorry, but whenever when anyone asks me to reference, like I just I just fall flat. Honestly, mm-hmm. my. My, there's, no, there's not fine. much going on up there there isn't there isn't much going up there these days to be honest with you but no you're I mean, fine you've got, an old, you've got an old cash register up there you know what i mean the ones yeah. that put out the paper receipts and whatnot so um no but, but I, that, mean, that you, I mean you yeah. brought that one up and you brought up italian which is uh obviously we're talking about giallo which um yeah is amazing um, yeah. yeah, there, there's a lot of them. So like for me, trained abuse on is a big one. Um, oh uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, how did I forget that? Yeah, of course. That was, that was amazing. That was amazing. Yes, that you is know, a brutal. That really sort of like set the standards for, for that genre. That sort of like really shook it up. Um, yeah. And put it back on the map, I think, but yeah, that was so good. You're absolutely right. That was so good. Yeah. It was very, see, I, 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 my memory is terrible. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't recall. I, I get so annoyed. Cause I, you know, when, when I'm trying to, when I'm arguing with my wife or like, we'll call it debating and I'm trying to reference points, I, I, I always lose. Cause I can never remember like what was said. Like she could be making it up. I need to start recording things, you know, or like, you know, like momentum writing those notepads and sticking yes. them around the house and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it worked for him. So it did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I think that in um, Troll Hunter is another. Um, I don't think I've seen Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter is pretty. Um, so we obviously we have the dollar store here. Um, I picked it up at the dollar store and I had heard about it before, didn't know about it, but essentially it's this group of, um, students like, uh, foreign students that decide that there, there's been this like crazy things going on with the forest. Um, and they decide that they're going to, I think it's like, um, Switzerland or Netherlands. I forget which, where it's exactly set in, but, um, they decide that they're going to go and, um, catch this. And they end up talking to this guy and he's like, um, well, I'll show you like the disturbances. And he starts talking about trolls and they're like, oh, this guy is off his rocker. We're going to record him. He's going to look stupid. And then they catch him killing a troll. And so the whole movie is about them kind of following him along as he goes and he does this and he's like unofficially sanctioned by the government to go and handle this issue. But it's a found footage film and there are massive giant trolls in it. And I never thought that I would be scared of (laughs) just giant trolls popping out of nowhere. Um, But this movie does make you very scared and very like a couple days afterwards, I was like, Oh, the ground shaking. I gotta go inside. <laughs> I'll have to so, give that a watch. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's definitely good. But yeah, I mean, there's so many, and it kind of foreign horror for a while was getting kind of knocked on because people yeah. weren't understanding it. 
And then, you know, obviously like with hits like Train to Busan and like underrated yeah. hits like Troll Hunter and stuff like that, people have really started expanding it. Um, and obviously now with like Squid Games, that's been huge and everywhere. Um, so there was a recent one as well, like spring sprung to mind that was actually quite, it pushed the boundaries quite, quite a lot on this one on Netflix. I think it was, um, I don't know if it was, it was Asian. I don't know if it was, um, do you know, you know what I'm sort of referring to? Is it called the sadness? And that was on shutter. Yes. Shutter. That's right. It might be on. That was, I I didn't expect uh, that kind of brutality to, to emerge. But for some reason, so it definitely, um, I started it shocked me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I started it and I have not finished it yet because at the time yeah. that I started it, I was like, Oh, I, you know, it'll keep me up. And yeah, I did. I mean, it obviously it was brutal and, but I'm it's like, brutal. Yeah. It's brutal, but you, you can't take your eyes away from it though. So it's one of those things you, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you yeah. shouldn't probably be, uh, be watching it for some reason, but you can't take your eyes away, but it, it's very brutal, but it's an odd thing. Cause it, it was, it was done so well at the same time. Um, so it's, it's, it's borderline. Um, but it was very, very well shot, very well done. Um, I mean, yeah. Asian horror in general is just a whole other level of it just, is. I mean, really pushing boundaries. Like you said, with Train Abuse on, they really just, I feel like that kind of created the boom that we see with a lot of zombie and yeah. stuff like that because it really Absolutely. did yeah. redefine the genre because it was a zombie movie. But more importantly, it was a movie about trauma and about, yeah. um, you know, this father's fight for his daughter and all of yeah, these absolutely. things that were kind of yeah. just layered that I don't think people thought, oh, this could intelligently happen in a horror movie. Yeah, it just shows you just how important character development is like to, to, to even a horror movie. You know, you can have all the gore and everything else, but the, the, you've got you've to feel for the characters to some extent or they've got to have some kind of, you know, emotional resonance with you or to be able to relate to them. Um, otherwise, it just kind of, you know, yeah, it doesn't have the right impact. But, but yeah, that was, that was a really well done film. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to check it out. I actually, um, I'm subscribed to Horror Pack and I was really yeah. surprised, but they um, they got the digital, uh, the Blu-ray release before anyone else. So that like popped up oh, in wow. my Horror Pack uh, this yeah. month. So I'm like, okay, well, I fell asleep during the first 15 minutes of it. I guess now that yeah. I own it, I can just go in and watch it. And yeah. um, I we'll just have to uh, watch it. But yeah, yeah, I've heard such good things about it. Um, So you were talking about Salem's Lot. um, And obviously that was done by the great Stephen King. Um, What is your favorite book to movie adaptation? Um, The Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, so I'm going to like digressing from horror slightly, but that that is just, um, that was just so well done. I mean, I read the book. Or however many years ago, too many to mention, but um, the movie was was really really well done. Um, casting was perfect, everything about it was perfect. Um, again, the ritual, you know, that that springs to mind again. That was that was really really well done. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that, there's there's not been many, so for them to stand out must be saying something. I think. What about you? Um, I would have to say um, creep show. 
um, yeah. um a lot of like so those were like comics um and now yeah. that the, you know shutter has them i think yeah. they've done a really good job with like taking the original um movie adaptation and now making a whole series out of it and yeah. each one is like very different um, i think i think they've got a they've, they've maintained the vibe i think i think they've got the vibe right but yeah. you know it, it definitely doesn't carry the same impact as it did when i watched it as a kid hiding under the covers yeah um so i, I think they've got the vibe right but i just i just think yeah there's this the the, the cheesiness is just outweighing the the fear factor a little for me on that one um so i i didn't enjoy it as much as i was hoping to i'm yeah. sorry to say but, no yeah. no i i i i understand exactly where you're coming from um the other one i think for me and it's not even because they were like they were based off of they were based off bits and pieces of it but when they did rl stein's fear street and they did yeah. the the yeah. three movies netflix did that um, I remember reading, I, I grew up with R.L. Stein. I grew up with Goosebumps. I grew yeah. up with the, the DVDs and running to Blockbuster to get the DVDs. Um, and I remember kind of like my graduation into like Fear Street when I would find the Fear Street books. Yep. And I feel like they really did maintain the tone that he put in those books. And yeah. they did adapt it to, I think, what's now and what's current. Um, and I think it was genius doing like mm. three weeks, like back to back to back. Yeah. Just, I feel like that was a very successful formula. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I think, and I'm a big Stephen King fan. So a lot of them, I think they do a really good job with adapting. And even recently when they've come back and they've adapted it, I know people gave it a hard time, but um, I, enjoyed I, think, it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the new one. I enjoyed the old one. Um, yeah. I mean, even Tim Curry himself said that back then they didn't have the technology to match up yeah. to what Stephen King was writing. So he yeah. knew they were going to adapt it. He liked Skarsgård's performance and he yeah. thought he did a good job. And I think they're two separate, different things. Um, yeah. Very clearly. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like that's a good testament to good writing is when you can have two very different adaptations but they yep. still stand the test of time. Um, Very so, true. so yeah, so I, I think those are really good. Um, and I like yep. Pennywise to begin with. So, um, Oh yeah. Great character. Absolutely yeah, fantastic. absolutely. Great, great yeah. character. Yeah. Um, I so, remember, I remember reading it sort of just, just um, one summer. I just, I just, I read it. It's a big book. It's a big book for a kid to read, but, but I went through that so quickly. I just devoured it. I just loved it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I watched the movie before I read the book, but then I gotcha. like went back and read the book. And yeah. um, it definitely does hold up to that. And even with the new yeah. one, I feel like they they did a lot of good choices that maybe they did they weren't able to do at the time that the yeah. original miniseries came out. Um, yeah, I think the biggest the biggest shock for me in the original film was they had John Boy from the Waltons in there, and that was like that took a bit of getting used to. That's all because I was like, <laughs> you know, I mean, this kid like you know living this cutesy lifestyle, and now he's like you know sort of trying to kill kill clowns and whatnot. So that was a bit weird, but um, but yeah, they were both well done. I, I think I think the the like you said the the CGI um, the 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 shower scene I think were. Pennywise in the first one initially disappeared down the shower drain was like, yeah, but, uh, but at the at the time you didn't, you didn't really pay much attention to that. You, you, you no. they got away with it because you know, yeah, it was, no, I that mean, was then, but yeah, you I can mean, get away now. with that stuff now. 
yeah, now they have more that they can do that with. And yeah, like, I mean, that was a made for TV kind of miniseries movie and like the original and the new one, like, you know, they, they got to do the first part and the first part knocked it out of the park. So they got a big budget for the second one. So obviously they were going to be able to do a lot more things than what they were going to be able to do the first time. So, um, we've talked about King, but Barker, Clive Barker is another one. Um, what is your favorite Clive Barker movie or book? Um, you know what, right. I'm, I'm going to disappoint you now. (laughs) I don't don't read Clive Barker. haven't read any Clive Barker. Oh, really? No, Uh, I've I've only seen, I've only seen, I've only seen the films. I've never read. I've never read any Clive Barker. I mean, um, but I, I understand. I yeah. didn't. I didn't read. It's Clive one of Barker. my bucket lists. It's, it's definitely one of my bucket lists. But the bucket list is just ridiculous. So I just, I'm going to need a bigger, bigger bucket to be honest. But, um, but it it just it just wasn't one that I can't even say resonated because I never even give the guy a chance. But I, I was so obsessed with with King and Herbert when when I was James Herbert when I was growing up. Um, even Dean Koontz, but. Um, yeah, you know, you know, yeah. So it's, it's like music. It's like I'm just discovering music from that time that that I suddenly yeah. enjoyed that I never listened to at the time. It's odd. Like, I mean, I never used to listen to Pink Floyd, but now I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. So I think it's it's um, yeah, it's it's weird. It's, it's like sometimes you live your life with your head in the sand, and you don't you don't and you you have your comfort zone. You know, you like your certain books, you like you right. like your certain movies and series. And for me, as a child, I think. Um, you know, the way I coped with trauma was through absorbing that, that comfort food, that, that, you know, that comfort viewing, those comfort books without stepping outside of that zone. So for me, everything had to be tidy. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I was quite sort of nervous and, and timid as a child and, you know, you know, things happen and, and so forth. So for me, I probably didn't step out of the comfort zone as much as I should have. So I'm sorry. I, 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 but I, I love the movies. I, I, I love the first movie and the second one. Um, third one. Yeah. And then uh, the fourth, Hellraiser. The fourth one as well. Yeah. Was there a fourth one as well? Oh, there's like eight. Five or six, isn't there? There's yeah. like eight or ten. I think I stopped watching after four. But yeah, I, I, I mean, probably should give them a chance. Just in the way that I like Pink Floyd now, I should probably go back and give them a chance. Well, and there are some surprise ones. So like people, I think people don't realize that Candyman was Clive Barker's. Like Candyman was a short story from Clive Barker and they adapted it. Um, yeah. Nightbreed, Nightbreed was um, Cabal by Clive Barker. And I didn't even know it was based off of a book. My friend just had me watch Nightbreed and it scared the crap out of me. Um, I have not watched it. I have not watched that. Oh, one. Nightbreed is I good. I haven't lived. I haven't lived. Okay. <laughs> you know, well, you, li- you have lived. Years, wow. <laughs> you, you have definitely lived. But yeah, no, <laughs> Nightbreed, um, I feel like a lot of people didn't know about it because yeah. um, we did a whole episode about it, but they chopped the movie. So the like the movie is supposed to be about um, the monsters being the good guys and humanity right. being the worst part um, about it and them having more humanity than these other people who are supposed to. Um, yeah. And notoriously, uh, exec watched like 10 minutes of it and didn't like the fact that they focused on the monsters and cut right. 40 minutes out of the movie and made it into right. a straight slasher. And for right. years, right. it was right. just like, it was back Look, and forth. That, That's probably why I haven't got around to watching that one because I, 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 again, you, you're going to hate me when I say this, but I'm not a fan of slashers. 
They just I mean, don't do it for me. They just don't work for me at all. I'm, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like you said, it's, I think it's personal um, opinion yeah, and like where scary. you, where you lie with horror. Um, yeah. Because I know for me, like slashers, I like slashers better now, but if yeah. you would have asked me like 20 years ago, I don't think slashers would have been like, I, I was yeah. more of a creature feature kind of person growing up. Now yeah. I'm a little bit more, into slashers because i feel like slashers are um it's the actual boogeyman it's people being the worst awful i get you i do get you yeah, yeah. i do like things like nightmare on elm street was great because that, that was a great concept i love that concept but um a lot of the standard slashes i just can't do i mean like i, I grew up watching um things like hammer house of horror back in england and the sort of slow build ominous kind of ghost stories so again it's it's all what we're brought up on it's all we yeah. used to it's, it's our palette so there's so many and i mean if you're gonna grow up on anything hammer films are gonna be a good oh, place brilliant. to start i mean brilliant. they're they're amazing um they if are, you're absolutely if you're not watching horror what is your go-to genre oh another good question i do like a bit of sci-fi uh, not too much sci-fi um uh, yeah, well, one of my favorite films ever is glenn gary glenn ross um, which is a bit basically based on a real estate office. So have you seen that one? It's got no. Alec Baldwin, it's got, um, oh man, it's such a huge cast, that one, Jack Lemmon. Um, it's about the, because I've wor I worked in an office for a long time, so I can probably relate to this, but it's about the, the sort of the backstabbing cutthroat world of sales and, um, and the ego that, you know, the egos that fly around the office um, and the snide remarks and the jealousy and the envy and the, in the put downs and so forth but um that that was just that for me is just a brilliant film because because it's relating to to something i've done um and i've lived that life of that sort of cutthroat mentality uh you know it's like i think first prize is a cadillac second prize is a is a set of steak knives third prize is you're fired so it's that kind of like mentality where i've been in that office beating my chest standing yeah. in a chair roaring like a fucking lion um at the request of our ceo so so movies that i can relate to like that um uh sort of stand out for me um but like i'm, I'm quite open to anything really um as long I as it resonates with me in some way that sounds cheesy and but yeah no i think that's good i mean i i'm kind of the same way so i yeah. i like a little bit of romance so i do watch some of like those but i i'm more sci-fi fantasy um yeah kind of the weird the nerdy the yeah you know, i like that stuff too yeah, yeah absolutely just but look it, i'm open to anything like you said right i mean like i mean i wanted to go and see black phone um at the weekend oh. with my wife but my wife my wife won't she don't she won't watch horror movies she refuses we, we watched the conjuring and she spent the entire session just watching the back of this other person's chair she went for me because it was my birthday um but she won't watch horror movies, you know, and if I have one in the, in, you know, in the living room while we're both sat there, she'll just walk out and slam the door. Like oh, she won't speak to me for hours. Um, but we ended up watching Elvis and I'll tell you what, I bloody loved it. It was fantastic. I, I was going in there expecting to be bored of my, you know, and just, you know, drowning in popcorn, but it was, it was spectacular. And, but anything with good character development, you know, great characters, great, that give you the feels. I can, mm -hmm. I can really get in there. Um, so sometimes I surprise myself with that kind of stuff. 
Yeah. yeah, I'm a huge, uh, so my grandmother loved Elvis um, yeah. growing up. Like that was her big, my great grandmother. And uh, that was like the love of her life. So growing up, I was surrounded by Elvis a lot. So I was very happy that they were making a movie about Elvis, yeah. but also too, Baz Luhrmann did it. And I mean, Baz Luhrmann, yeah. anything yeah. he does, it's kind of a production and it's just going to be, yeah. it's just going to be up there. Um, I saw yeah. Black Phone though, and it is fantastic I know. I, i've heard so many good things about it i can't wait man to be honest with you i can't wait but yeah like, yeah you know you will... the, the only thing is sometimes it's like um i don't know what it is about australia but they're not big on horror i mean from my experience horror is just not received the same way it is in the u.s and, and great britain um so like I'm, I'm trying to drag people along to go and see it and it's, it's like it's like pulling teeth um I... but I've, I've heard so many good things about it i really want to yeah. yeah, it's good. And no, I understand exactly. Cause like for me, like where I live, um, you know, you know, like a coat, like we live by the lake and stuff like that, but people are more like, oh yeah, horror, that's okay. But like normally when we yeah. get a movie at the movie theater, we live by, if it's yeah. a horror movie and it's not like one of the bigger ones, it's going to yeah. be out in like a week or two. Um, yeah. so you kind of have to like, and sometimes they don't even come here. So we have to go up to like, oh, wow. We have to go okay. like an hour away just to see it. Um, yeah. I remember when yeah. Paranormal Activity came out, my friend and I had to go an hour away to like a bigger movie theater just to see wow. it. Um, okay. Worth it though. Yes, yes, worth it. What is the last good horror movie that you watched? Oh my goodness. Um, the last good one I watched. Ooh, do, 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 do. Um, the last good one I watched. The last good one I watched. I mean, it doesn't even have to be good. Just even like one <laughs> in your mind. The last one I watched, which was okay, was uh, was it Oculus? Oculus? Is that oh, the okay. one with the, with the mirror? Yeah, yeah, that was that was the the last one I watched. Um, good. Yeah, maybe that sort of like maybe give it 70, 65%. Um, the last good one I watched before that, um, I watched The Platform, which is quite interesting. Have you seen that one? The Platform, yes. Which was quite, quite weird, quite different. Yeah. Uh, probably yeah. could have put us maybe saved as a, as a, as a shorter film, maybe. Um, um, yeah, sorry, my, my memory's terrible. No, no, no. I think those are great ones. Those are great. Yeah, yeah The Platform yeah i get exactly what you're saying yeah it could have been a great concept yeah it was a great concept it just it kind of so like we already kind of saw that with snowpiercer in a way right um so i kind of felt like okay i'm not seeing that one uh snowpiercer is i mean good it's been a while since i've seen it but um it did kind of remind me of that concept but i kind of felt the same way i kind of felt like okay it could have been a little bit we could have tightened it up a little bit um, Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, his house was probably the last really good movie that I saw that I thought his was house is fantastic. His house was amazing, amazing, amazing movie. Um, look again, that there's probably loads, you know, but I, they just <laughs> fall out of my head. Honestly, uh, no, <laughs> I understand. Like, I get it because, like I yeah. said, my answers change continually because, obviously, with this, with doing the podcast, and then also too in my yep. own enjoyment. I'm normally watching like five to 10 a week. And that's even yeah. just with my schedule um, yeah. and the things that I do. Um, and so like, I'm constantly, and I'm, I will lose 
some here yeah. or there. So people will be yeah, like, yeah. oh, did you watch this? And I'm like, oh yeah, I completely forgot that I watched that. <laughs> um, so I, yes. I understand 100%. Um, do So we all have our first experience with horror movies. What yep. was your first experience with horror movies? Psycho, Psycho. Um, the original version. Yeah. And um, that all stemmed about because uh, my parents didn't go out much um, and they, we didn't, they didn't really have any support in terms of babysitters and like places that would like, you know, keep, take me in. That sounds horrible. <laughs> go some kind yeah, of pretty, I understand. You know I mean? but, but yeah, so, um, so they left us, they left me with the next door neighbor, which was kind of odd because the only interaction we had with them to date was they would bring food parcels across every now and again. Um, which I've mentioned before is like this, um, they used to bring this um, cold blancmange, like multicolored blancmange that always used to taste like cigarettes because they, they were just chain smokers. Every, everything they brought across always tasted like um, cigarettes. But anyway, they thought it'd be a good idea for me to, to, to stay with them. Um, I remember there's some strange memories come back from that night. I remember we played this game where you, it's like, like pool, but you've got to flick counters other counters to get them in the pocket and i thought that was kind of weird um and the guy i was playing with had these big googly eyes and a big gummy smile that gave me the creeps and the woman would keep bringing me in this cold blancmange and i'd have to eat it because i i just you know just to be polite um and then they put psycho on and i, and I was kind of like thinking oh this is black and white it's going to be like rubbish what, what is what is this and i got really really into it and you know obviously it just gave me nightmares for, for bloody days. And I remember thinking at one point, my dad was a woman dressed up as a man. I was like, <laughs> is, he, is he really? I don't know anymore. Like, but, um, but that terrified me. That terrified me to, because that was again, um, just someone that had a hotel, a real life person. It wasn't a monster. It wasn't a puppet. It wasn't an animation. It was a real life person that was essentially, you know, stalking women. <laughs> Why on earth they let me watch this? I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, so that, that definitely terrified me. And it sort of, I think it made me up my eyes to think, look at people in different ways and think, oh, okay, mm, yeah, strange danger kind of Yeah, stuff. definitely. Um, my first was um, a nightmare on Elm Street, but it was a new nightmare. Um, yeah. And my dad and my uncle were supposed to be watching me and they put that on and thought that I was asleep and I watched the whole thing. And I remember wow. vividly like, the scene where he like it harks back to the original where he like throws her up on the ceiling and he's like yeah. slicing her and I'm like yeah oh that's not good so no. and uh then of course I outed my father um because I woke up in the middle <laughs> of the night and I like ran in and my mom was like what are you talking about Freddy Krueger and I'm like dad and uncle uh, and uncle Mikey watched it so I thought Brilliant. I could too and yeah so yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I that the scene that the scene that got me from from Elm Street, um, if I'm if my memory serves correctly, was where the bed kind of swallows swallows them. Yes. Uh, and I woke up sometimes thinking I was sinking into the bed. That you know that that Freddie had got me, and I was that that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. That, but yeah, that that's that's kind of cool. That that you know that a horror book or a horror movie has done its job when you have nightmares. You wake up in the middle of the night with a cold sweat, you know, wondering what the hell is going on. Yeah. 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 No, most definitely. Yeah. I think Nightmare on Elm Street's a big one because we all yeah. sleep 
and the idea yeah. that something would be keeping us from sleeping because they're trying to kill us in our sleep, I think is universally yeah. like just exactly. yeah. mind-blowing. Um, yeah. So, but thank you for bearing with me with all the questions. Um, no, no, that's all right. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I always curse myself after this thing and oh, that would have been a really good answer, but yeah, never mind. You know, I, I'm, I'm 48 now. So yeah, there's only a few marbles going on. I mean, I think you had some great que- answers to the oh, questions. Um, so, but obviously as a horror writer, um, I, I mean, your book, like I was just saying before we hopped on, um, I read your book and it's amazing. So we're talking about Thank one you. last shindig and yep. even some of the references you put in there, um, like the reference to, uh, yippee, uh, yippee Kaye motherfucker. And instead <laughs> yeah. it's the yippee, yippee, uh, I forget, I don't even know how to say it, but, <laughs> but I thought that that was really good. So how did you yep. get started writing in the horror genre? Um, so I started writing when I was 45. So that was just over three years ago. I'd not done anything creative in my life um, until that point. Um, you know, I, I dropped English pretty quickly. Um, I, I went to uni, did a degree in maths for some bizarre reason that I, I still don't know. But th- th- those three years were just a haze of, of booze and booze and drugs, really, to be honest with you. So, but I, but I came out with a degree at the end of it. And ended up in sales for 30 years or like nearly 30 years, just with my head in the sand, just, you know, um, drinking a bottle of wine every night just to just to numb myself. And then I woke up one day thinking, oh, there's got to be more to life than this. Um, so it was my wife that pushed me into it. She says, well, why don't you why don't you try writing? You know, um, you've talked about it before. Uh, my English teacher always said, oh, you know, you should give it a shot. You know, you, 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 you show signs of promise. Let's put it that way. Um, so I thought, screw it. Yeah, I'd have a go. And um, I write a, a piece called Hugh's Friend, a little flash fiction piece. It's sold. I got a few rejections, but then it's sold. Uh, and I thought, all right, I've just got paid for something that I just had so much bloody fun doing. So this is great. That's it. I'm, I'm hooked. That's my new drug. I'm addicted to it. Um, and I haven't looked back since. Um, I mean, I've always been fascinated by horror. I think it's beautiful mode of escapism no limits you know no no holes barred anything you like a mix of genres you can can write a love story with horror you can write sci-fi with horror just the, the lack of limitations really attracted me to it but I, I grew up reading Stephen King and James Herbert and it like it, it was always about escapism but as soon as I started writing you know I stopped drinking and started recommended to recommended to everyone as the best therapy in the world it's just amazing cathartic beautiful experience where you get rid of all the shit you get rid of all the bile you get rid of all the trauma temporarily just on that page and it's just you you know no matter what the story no matter that it's you feeding through and just having that release is just incomparable you know you, you couldn't even with the most expensive therapy in the world it just, I don't think you'd get the same benefits. Um, so right. for me, it was definitely a release of, of um, trauma. And I just, I just love so addictive. It's ridiculously addictive. Yeah. It, I mean, I get exactly what you're talking about. Cause we talk about, uh, about it a lot on the podcast, but we talk about horror that heals and horror is yeah. just a very cathartic place to kind of work out some really dark things because horror doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to have a happy ending. It could be the most brutal thing that's going on in your life. 
and yet somehow you're going through it and you're experiencing it. And I think that's what makes a good horror story. But in your opinion, what makes a good horror story? Um, What makes a good horror story is, is just utilizing all of the senses um, and good character development. In addition to a solid plot that is as unique as you can make it. I mean, you know, the market is saturated. Everything's been done to some extent, but um, I always try and bring some originality into it, uh, which might account for why I've I've resorted to going back to comedy horror with the old folk, maybe just just something a bit different that hasn't necessarily been um, tranced on, uh, so to speak. But um, but look, I I think just, just ability to build characters in a great environment um, not forgetting things like smells that extend that environment, not extending things like humor that we all adhere to. You know, we, we all want to laugh. We all, we all want to laugh like we do as kids, you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So I think, I think humor, I think smell is, is something that's often forgotten. Um, but yeah, look, I, and I'm very old school. I think, I mean, some of the stuff I've done, like Nana was a risky debut because it was, it's more body horror and uh, yeah. probably, probably one definitely wouldn't call it subtle. Um, so that Nana was, Nana was a risky one, but, I, but I just had so much fun writing it. And I think that's another part of it. I think if as an author, you're having fun and you're, you're having guilty giggles along the way, you know what I mean? Imagining what the, the readers are going to be thinking. I think yeah, that's half the battle. If, if, if you're enjoying the process, the reader's going to enjoy the output. Yeah, I definitely like reading through um, One Last Shindig. Um, you like the way you wrote some of the characters, like you get a deep sense of just you're very immersed in the story. I know there were certain points where I was reading it. Like I said, I, we we went um, out of town today and I was reading it while we were in the car. And there were certain points where my fiance was like, um dear I just asked you a question and I'm like oh what what okay I didn't even hear what you said um I was just too focused on that I'm sorry yeah um but it really did because you just the way you describe some of the characters and their surrounding it's just so vivid like it's very much you're there it is it it, that was that was for me was just all about tuning into nostalgia really you know going back to that because we we never we never had a lot of money so we, we did all these sort of coach holidays and the package holidays you know and it was mm-hmm. normally full of oldies that didn't want to fly oh we're nervous we're flying so you know my, my memories of those coach trips are you know just vivid the the, the smell of the engine and lots of other smells that, <laughs> that hopefully that you know sort of stem from the pages of the book um, the gummy smiles, the, the elbows in the sides, the cheeky sense of humor, the, the, there's always one sarcastic bastard at the front that's always like, you know, sort of um, outspoken and, and whatnot. So all that kind of stuff for me is just nostalgic and it's, it's just very easy to write, you know. Um, I mean, I'm, I've always said I'm, 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 I'm definitely a panster when it comes to writing horror and the story just naturally finds itself on the page. But if you've got decent characters and you've got some zingers in the dialogue and one-liners and forgive all the dad jokes, like, but um, I just think it, it's sort of the story builds itself, really. 
I mean, I live with someone who um, their whole entire existence is made up of jad jokes. Um, my fiance. So, <laughs> yeah, that's um, amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just that's who he has as a person. So for me, it was like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like I, I am, I am definitely a big fan of the dad jokes as well, like the one-liners and whatnot. But, uh, but it's the, it is the zingers though. It's, it's like old people. It's the, you know, the, my fascination stemmed from um, doing a paper round with my son and watching him interact with an old person and the, the that divide between them both. And it was just funny watching that, and as though there were two different creatures coming together for the first time. But I always think every time I look at an old person, that I mean, I'm, I'm 48, but I've still got the mind of like a kid. You know, I still, I still bloody, you know, I, I still crave for that laughter where you, you, your eyes stream and you can't, you know, you can't, and it's so rare these days, but um, you know, we, we, we're all, I mean, it, and I can't imagine that will change in 40 years. I'll, I'll still think like I'm a kid. I mean, my legs can't keep up because I like fucking solidified dust these days, but, um, but you know, that, that process of, yeah, if I could, I'd still be jumping off the shed and doing commando roles, but I can't do that anymore because I'll end up in traction. But all that kind of stuff is, um, you know, we're, we're all the same. It's just it's just our bodies that, that age. And I wanted to reflect that in the story. I wanted to, you know, bring out that cheekiness and that, um, that childish mentality that we'll never lose. Yeah, We can pretend to. We can wear the mask and, and pretend to, but deep down, we're just kids that still look at the stars and the moon with awe and wonder. We still you know, we still get lost in our own little world at times. So. Yeah, no, I, I get that 1000% and I, I get it. So I'm 31 and I still feel like I act like a 12 year old. So um, should, time. We shouldn't change. I mean, what, why should we change? You know? Yeah, no, we shouldn't. Um, most definitely. If you could summarize what one last shindig is about, how would you summarize it? <laughs> that's a good one as well <laughs> I, mean, I mean you could start off by saying it's about a group of old fogies that are on the journey to see glowworms in a cave but um that's definitely doesn't get the crowd pulling but um i suppose i would say you know it's it's um yeah it's that incorporated with the fact that the end of the world is is happening around them um that they're initially oblivious to but then they become enveloped in the chaos. And it's and it's a, it's a great way of showing how characters can still grow no matter what age they are. They can still change given, you know, um, trauma and, and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, but it, the, the main story is about um, a group of old fogies going into a, a cave to see glowworms, but the end of the world is happening around them. And yeah, that... <laughs> I mean, I yeah, and there, I, mean, there's... I, I mean, I struggle to do this um, when I, whenever I have to do a blurb for a book, I always struggle because the way I write, you know, the, I don't write with, um, with that blurb in mind. I don't, I don't write with the, the end line, knowing the end line. I just write off the cuff. So when people ask me to say, what was the inspiration or what was the blurb? I always struggle and I always stumble over my words, but, but that's essentially what it's about. Yeah. The end of the world. Um, but, you know, a race to get, these old people to the hotel for their apple pie and custard. 
Yeah, it really reminded me, you you had talked about it, but it really did kind of remind me of what, like watching the trailer for The Sadness and yeah. how everything's kind of just happening around them and kind of like the whole Train to Busan thing too, kind of how um, yeah. it, in certain scenes in like Train to Busan, they're kind of oblivious to like the fact that they're going through these towns and like all this yeah. is happening with yeah. them. And then finally yeah. it just like smacks them right in the face and Absolutely. Um, I will tell you what, I, I will tell our readers this until I'm blue in the face, but they definitely need to read it, especially the first 10 pages just suck you right in. Like yeah. I was not expecting to get sucker punched like that right when I was reading the beginning <laughs> of the story, but I was like, what did I just sign up for? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's an interesting one, that one, actually, because there was a debate in my mind of whether to just lead, start off with a coach journey or go for that high impact, high impact start. But I think I had to do that. I had to do that, you know. Um, but yeah, that, that first few, the first few pages are pretty, do deliver a bit of a sucker punch. Um, and, yeah. I, and I think hopefully that keeps the readers then, you know, trying to unravel what is going on, what the hell is happening in the world. Oh, most definitely. Because the whole time I'm like, okay, um, well, I'm glad we're talking about, yeah, I'm glad we're like (laughs) in this journey on a coach, we're doing stuff, but Mm. what just happened? Like in the first 10 pages, (laughs) like what is going on with people? Like I I need answers. It did kind of also remind me of the mist, um, and kind of some of the character development with that too. Um, yeah, I I love the mist. I love the fog. So I think that definitely has served as an inspiration to a a few of my stories. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously, you know, you have a, a crew of geriatric um, people in your story. What yeah. drew you to write that particular set of characters? Um, it was, it was, that was all back from that paperboy experience of, of going, you know, on, on the first round with my boy. Um, and, you know, it, the, the round we were assigned to was, was full of semi-retired and retired people. And, you know, it, it I remember that the first time we did it, it was a very cloudy day. It was very ominous. Um, we walked into the street and there was full of these little cherubs holding their willies and whatnot and really strange statues and gargoyles and all sorts of like what you'd call objet d'art in the garden. You know what I mean? That really yeah. cute kind of like over the top kind of sickly yes. kind of stuff. you got the pink net curtains. You've got all that kind of jazz that you can imagine smell of cigarettes and and whatnot and um and yeah it was just these old people you know a few of them came out maybe because they were lonely or they wanted to see what was going on but it was that interaction and it was that um that divide that really started the cogs turning for me Uh, I thought yeah I could have a lot of fun with this I could have a lot of fun with this and when Nana was launched um it had a really good it was received really well and um and that inspired me to to write another one one last shindig and then we have the finale in that sort of trilogy not not strictly a series but dealing with the old people crew uh, the generation games which will be coming out in 2023 and if you thought like nana and one last shindig was crazy this is a whole new ball game so yeah I'm, i mean Watch i'm out for that one yeah i'm buckled <laughs> in i'm ready i'm ready to go so um i take a lot of long trips so 
Um, yeah. I take books with me all of the time. Um, so it's nice to have things that I can kind of feel at home in. And one last shindig yeah. is definitely one of those that I can feel like, okay, it's, it's this a great is environment because it's, it's nostalgic as well. You know, I remember going to my granddad's like once in a blue moon and him getting out from the sideboard, a flat can of Coke and a Mars bar that all the chocolate had turned white and all that kind of stuff, you know, it sort of like brings back memories and, I'm actually writing another one at the moment with a guy you know called Kisto Healy. Yes. So we are writing a geriatric horror novella called The Bucket List right now. We're halfway through, and that one is looking like a zinger as well. So that's another one to, to look out for. But, uh, you know, it's nice when you find someone that has um, a similar sense of humour and, and a similar draw towards that sort of dark comedy. Yes, and um, he's a sweetheart so yeah just he's in- great he's great yeah we we, we sort of tittle tattle like two old ladies like through the process of writing this book but um it's it's great fun and it, this is my first collaborative experience i've never really dabbled in it before you know i've always been like solo journeys but um it keeps things interesting you know and it we've got energies bouncing off each other and you know i've, I've got a couple more collaborative things in the pipeline as well so I think as an author as well, you've, you've got to keep trying new things. You've got to keep keep it interesting for yourself. But yeah, I think that that's great. And that answers my next question, which is what you have coming up in the future, um, yeah. which I so will definitely, definitely yeah, yeah, I will definitely be looking out for that. Yeah, we've got, uh, I think that the Naughty Corner coming from DNT Publishing, which is again, is it's another crazy fucked up kind of world. You know, it's, it's suburbia, but like turned upside down it's it's crazy it's crazy um they've got the generation games which i just mentioned um i'm releasing a short story collection uh, next year as well um what else is there is that it what have i said naughty corner generation yep. games short story collection yep and you're working and on i've them. also just sent another one to my publisher dnt called 333 um which is again just a, an acid trip of a story um you know i wasn't under the influence when i wrote it or anything but it, it's it's just a bizarre story that I, I again i can't wait to read for people to read because it's I, I think personally i think it's very very different to what I, what else is out there and I'm, I'm really really trying to do that i'm really trying to dig deep I'm, i don't, I don't want to throw um anything out there i'm really trying to do something that that's a bit different a bit wacky um so that that that'll either come out in november this year or next year and there's loads of short stories that i'm i've got on the go still that i'm sending out and whatnot yeah so all sorts of stuff yeah most definitely um so obviously you know you like you just said you're um you're collaborating with chiso and um he's absolutely wonderful what is someone in the horror genre that we should know about like someone that you feel strongly that people don't know enough about? Mm, that's a really good question, actually. That's a really good question. Um, there's so many. There are so many. And I, I can't, I'm not just going to name one. I'm sorry. But yeah. there, honestly, there are so many. I mean, because like I said, I'm, I'm still new to this. I've only been writing three and a half years, but I've already discovered so many amazing authors. Um, and you know the, the the sort of line of distinction between them is so so thin. Um, you know that there's so much passion out there. There's, there's so much talent out there. And sometimes when I when I when I watch movies and when I when I go through the list on Netflix and Shudder, I just squirm because they're 
there's so much talent that isn't being exploited, you know, and it kind of boils my blood in a way. But um, so I'm, I'm not going to name one. They're just, they're just so many. They're just so many. Yeah, I would definitely say a great first pl- uh, place if someone's looking for horror would be DNT. Um, yeah, they got Ruth some. Ann. They're signing some great names. Yeah, yeah Ruth really Ann are. was the yeah. one that kind of um, yeah. introduced me to DNT, and yeah. they've just got some really great people um, coming down the definitely. pipeline with different things, and they're just yeah. um, great set of stories. So. Um, it is I, great. And, 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 and they're bold as well. I, and I like that. I like the fact that they're bold, you know, that they're, they're not sort of shy and coming forward. You know, I mean, one of the, the, the novellas I've recently launched, which is one of my favorite stories I've written, um, is actually an NFT publication. So, you know, they're, they're one of the first, um, you know, and the NFTs have a, you know, sort of different types of reception, but um, it's, it's a great platform. It's, it's another platform for indie, indie authors to, to yeah. emerge from, you know, to, to exploit and, and gone to the dogs is, is, you know, they, I listened to the audio version um, narrated by Tyler Tut um, and gone to the dogs is about an English town that's going through the stages of um, decomposition. Um, and, you know, we, we find that something else has been living with them all that time responsible for that. But um but yeah, so I, I like the fact that they're bold. I like the fact that they're not they're not shy and you know and and they're prepared to to back you know some some really cool stories. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's great, and um, I definitely think that that's one of the reasons why with our podcast, like you said, the the horror market is just saturated to begin with. Yeah, and like our podcast is just one of thousands that are horror podcasts but a lot of them are just focusing on movies and tv or books strictly we like to focus on everything because i feel like i want to know what people are doing in horror um and if you're adding new and great things i want to know about that i know my co-hosts feel the same way um but i feel like there's just so much that goes to being a horror fan that doesn't get talked about that I feel like there needs to be a place to do that on. Um, So if we can be a corner of like putting that on there, then I feel strongly about that. Cause like I said, I, I take a lot of books with me. Like we just went on vacation and I took uh, Eric Myford is one of the people that we've had on the podcast before. And um, he is, (laughs) He is insane um, because he is literally out there to watch every single horror movie that he possibly can. And he's literally done, I think he's up to 10 now of encyclopedias of horror movies. And his whole thing is like providing something that somebody can go in and they can kind of figure out, okay, is this movie going to be for me? Yeah, cool. Um, But yeah, he has a book. And I took that on vacation with me, but like, and like I was saying today, you know, I took that on my Kindle and I was just like, yep, I'm just, this is what I'm going to do. But I feel like there are so many, you know, Stephen King is great and wonderful. And there are a lot of really great horror voices that get amplified, like Joe Hill recently, Stephen King's son, who, you know, with black phone, but, um, there are other people like you and Ruth Ann and Chisto that, are just really making some deep, dark horror that just, yeah. I feel like is getting missed. Um, yeah. So if we can kind of p- 
put a place in there where people can talk about that, I feel like we're doing our job effectively. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, no, you are. I mean, look, because how else are we going to get that word out? I mean, it's, you know, for, for indie authors, it's very difficult. But the, the challenge is you could write the best book in the world, you know, but as an indie author, getting it out there is, is it's you know, it's, yeah, <laughs> it is, it is, it is, it really is. Um, you know, I mean, you need, it's like buying a lottery ticket. You, you just need all the look in the world. You know, you, I mean, uh, look, Instagram is really good for that. And I'm so grateful for, for all the bookstagrammers that, that review the book and, and give a review and, and share it. That's amazing. Uh, that's been invaluable um, in building up, you know, the sort of, the, I suppose, the, the relatively small following that I have. Um, without that, I would, I would, you know, I wouldn't have anything, but it, it's just enough to keep me going. Um, and and that's the thing. I mean, even, you know, I'm not in, I can't, I can't say I'm in this for the money because I, realistically um, it's not going to happen like that, you know, but it, even if like uh, a hundred, couple of hundred people read the book, you know, a thousand, you know, brilliant, fantastic. You know, if, if some people are reading it and it's giving them pleasure and it's giving them a guilty giggle, job done, uh, you know, that, that, that's, but, you know, but like you said, that the more people that can get to experience that, that the originality and the uniqueness of, of, of the new authors that are, that are emerging, the better. And, and places like this, are, like you said, are just invaluable to do that. It's a great platform. Yeah. And I, I can definitely understand that because people ask why we do all the, this all the time. Um, and we're not doing this for the money. We're not doing this for anything other than yep. this is just an itch yeah. that I had to scratch. It was something yeah. that came to me. It was kind of like my midlife crisis, if you want to even say that. Um, but well, you're a I bit turned, young for a midlife crisis. <laughs> I mean, like when I turned 30, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I've had this lifelong love of this. Let's do it. Yeah. And when we first started out, I'm like, you know what? If 10 people listen to this. Yeah. Um, I will be tickle pink because I only think there are going to be two or three people that are going to be listening to this. And if that's the case, I am perfectly fine. Um, yeah. And we don't have like a huge following, but just some of the, even the reception that we've had and people that we've been able to have on, it's just been wonderful. And it's good for us because we love doing this. We, we yeah. absolutely like, I would not be doing this right now. There are days where I'm literally working 16 hour days because I'm working my normal stuff yeah and then yeah. doing this on top of it and that, that's the challenge isn't it that is the challenge yeah yes. you know i mean if, if we could devote all our time to doing this well that'd be amazing wouldn't it but you know sort of full-time job family it's like whoa okay yeah so um and, and that's why that's why i think you know if, if we can you know if there's a way of helping a few indie authors out there just to you know, because because it is challenging, and I and I the, the the longest piece I've written so far is a novella, maybe thirty thousand words. There's no way, and I, I hold my hat out, you know, to anyone that can hold a full time job and write a novel over the course of two years. I could not do that. That that's beyond that's beyond my um, too too much, you know, because it it takes me a good, and I've said this before, it takes me a good hour or two to get back into a story from where I've left it and. To, to, to chip away. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I, I don't either. Like I have, I'm lucky enough to know, um, people that are different people within the horror community. And yeah. there are some things that they do that I'm just like, how do you sleep? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I understand. Cause some of them, you know, like when we had peaches Christ on, he was saying it, well, you know, I don't have kids. Obviously you have yep. a child, you have a special needs child. Like you know, you're obviously going to have 
challenges that I don't have. But I yeah. mean, you really, if you love it, you do it. And you do. You that's do. kind of yeah. where it's true. It, it just kind of, and you know, like you said, and it definitely shows, especially in your work. Like I, I definitely like the way you write, you can tell how much you just love that particular genre and how you yeah. want to layer a story. And I think that's great because sometimes you read something by someone and you could see that they had a vision, but like halfway through, they might've kind of lost the fizzle for that and yeah. not have been able to layer a story properly. And yeah. that's hard, you know, and obviously, you know, people are trying to do that with a full-time job and trying yeah. to, you know, have a, be a passion project. Um, yeah. but I feel like reading that book was a, probably the best thing I could do in preparing for this interview, because it was such a deeply personal look at who you are as a person. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's the best kind of writing. If I can get a sense of who you are as a person from your writing, then that means yeah. that how much you loved and put that in that book. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is probably from the humor. Cause I think humor tells, tells you so much about a person. Yeah, know? it does. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I love the quote, if you can make me laugh, that's the biggest thing. Um, yeah. And I know for me, that's huge. Like I, yeah. with my fiance, he literally like, it's a circus between him yeah. and my son. It is literally a circus in our house, but I would yeah. not have it any other way. I am Absolutely surrounded not. in, no. in love not. and laughter. And I am, yeah. I love that. But yeah, I mean, I do think that's what makes a good thing and the best horror can be laughable there can be moments they where can. You just absolutely yeah i mean like the, you know the the amount of these you know reviews you know about nana that have said oh you know i laughed myself silly or you know this this caught me by surprise that's enough to keep me going that that that's that's enough to feed me that's nourishment you know um and yeah i mean technically it, it probably isn't you know my best work but it was, um, again, because I had so much fun, I think that just jumps off the pages. And I think people appreciate that. Um, and I think that if you can mix comedy with horror effectively and not make it slapstick, it can really have quite a high impact um, where you can take people on a high, you can leave them there for a little bit, and then you can take the floor away. And it's like, oh, shit, okay, this is this has got serious. So, you know, I think someone said to me, I, you know, with your stories, I don't realise... Um, how knee deep in shit I am until yeah you know, until whatever, it's, it's that, yeah exactly and it's is that I love that 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 kind of feedback to me is priceless but um, even if I give like a few people a laugh um, it's amazing and a lot of people have said you know they've used a couple of my books as like a like a palate cleanser between yeah. books and I'm I'm okay with that you know because they they've read something heavy and now they want something a little bit lighter mixed in with their comedy and i'm i'm happy with that i'm happy to be labeled as the palate cleanser i'll i'll cleanse as many palettes as you can give me you know um but i think i think from that point of view um a novella are well as well is ideal for that because it's because it, you can sit down and read it in two hours bang it's like a movie yeah. done you know yeah Brilliant. and it's very uh neat and tight and that's kind yeah. of like I know with ruth ann's like she said the same thing like and i was like yeah you you know, for yours, it was like, I think hers is 41 pages. And yep. I mean, she was just in and out. And I'm yep. like, that's the kind of it, it's, 
intense. It like, it smacks you right in the face. It gets you right in the story and then you're going, but I think, you know, she talked about how hard that can be because like with a lot of stories, you know, you get so many pages to kind of flesh out and kind of really detail into these characters with a novella. You just kind of have to get in and out as fast as you can with as much detail as you can before you run out. Um, You do. You do. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think something that's helped me with that is writing the short stories before that, Um, you know, before I even attempted a novella, I wrote over 100 short stories. So what what I really wanted to do was was try and um, and I'm I'm always growing. I'm still very early in this, but I just wanted to like not say master, but um, sharpen the skill set when it comes to telling a story, you know, effectively using as few words as possible. And, you know, the short stories I write range from a thousand, you know, like even 500 to 6,000. And it's very difficult to tell a story within 500 words. You can't waste anything. No. And so I think that has definitely helped me build up towards writing a novella and keeping everything tight and sharp. Um, you know, I'm, there's, there's no way I could, I could put out 30,000 words when I first started. It would be because I look at some of my early stories and cringe, honestly, that some of them are just like, Oh, I sent a shudder down my spine, but, um, but I've been back to them and, you know, the ones that I thought I could breathe new life in to, I've, I've done that and there's a decent story. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, you're always growing in this journey. Um, and, you know, I suppose short story to novella, the novel is the next step. Right. But, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't know about the novel. I, I just don't know where that sits at the moment. Because uh, I love writing novellas because, because of that immersion, because I can, you know, just lose myself in a shorter period of time. Uh, a novel, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've definitely like with reading Ruth Ann's and then reading some of her other ones, um, because um, Ruth Ann sent me like, I, I, she said, oh, I'm going to send you a few things. And I got like yeah. a 10 bound box to my house. Yeah. And yep. she sent me all of her books. And so I've read a few of them since then. And, yep. but um, I just have, I, I feel like a deeper appreciation for novellas now because of how tight you just have to keep things and how you have to keep it kind of rolling. And um, yep. I get that. Cause like doing this, you know, I could say, oh, we're going to do this for an hour. And my ADD yep. brain has already got us off track, like 17 <laughs> different times yep. and yep. within an interview. And that's just how it is. So I, yep. I definitely, definitely, and I get that because we've done episodes too, where I'm like, after I listen to it, I'm like, oh my gosh, what were we on? Like, yeah, I know why? but that, that, yeah, but that's all right though. It's, it's just yeah. It's a it creative goes, process. And so there's some yeah, episodes exactly. where we do that. And like, we had one for a while that just sat and we literally watched 50 movies just to do this one episode. And, um, it was like a lot of time and we both did it. And I'm like, it sounds like we are crazy. So we let it sit for a while and then (laughs) we came back to it and I'm like, Brittany, I'm literally crying because we were, we sound good. We did a good job, but we were just so a lot of investment as well, not to utilize really. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, people don't think about like how much goes into it. So, uh, you know, if if we're doing a deep dive, generally we like to watch the movie at least five to 10 times before we go in and we go back and do it because each time you catch a movie you're going to catch new things so like even recently like I just went through and introduced the thing to uh one of our co-hosts um and we watched it and 
I'm like, oh, I picked up on some things that I didn't even like think about before. And then I rewatched it the other day and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense now. Now that I picked up on that, like, yeah, that makes a little bit more sense and knowledge and deeper things. So, um, it is a deep time investment. And when you're talking about 50 movies, that's like 150 hours of our life. Um, so, (laughs) so yeah, so it would have sucked to have to scrap that, but they would, uh, they really would. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, thankfully we were just being hypercritical, but I think it's easy to do, you know, you, you kind of, it is. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, you, you it's hard because you want to self-edit, but then you self-edit yeah. too hard. So, yeah. but um, but that's the thing, you, you can't be harsh on yourself because, uh, yeah, I looked at some of the bar stories and I, th- I thought they were terrible, but other people have read them and thought they were good. So, but that's only because you get better at better at doing things as you go along, but you, you, you get better at, as you're doing the podcast, you know, you know what to do, you know what to ask, you know, you it's all it's the same, it's that it's that learning curve. Um, oh, yeah, you know, and that, that will never stop, you know it will never change. Like, it, that's the infuriating and, and sort of the fun thing about it is that, you know, in five years time, I'll look back on what I'm writing now and probably think it sucks. I get it. Cause we're, we're less than a year in. And yeah. I mean, even like we, we did a, a set of episodes and then unfortunately in the fall, like we had three people in our lives that passed away from COVID oh, wow. um, two yeah, of them okay. who were very significant to us. So we took a long yeah. break and then we came back and um, yeah. even some of the episodes that I listened back to, like, I love our energy. I love what we did, but yep. just maybe a little bit more of thought through in some of the episodes that we've done recently, I feel like we've stepped it up. So definitely I feel like probably yep. five years from now, we're going to be listening to certain episodes to be like, what yeah. drugs were we on that day? Because it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> um, I think that's it. I think the, the one thing that's always there is the energy, you know, so I think that can carry it through that can carry, that can carry across the finish line, can't it? Quite a lot of yeah. times. And I think that did for mine, but you know, the sort of technicalities, it's like when you start going back and you start analyzing, yeah, that, that's where, you know, but that's, that's just a learning curve. That's just, you know, part of the journey, isn't it? Yeah. We, we can't, we can't, I couldn't expect to sit down and write it you know, like a, a 200 page manuscripts and it'd be, you know, sell, you know, to the right away. Bidder. Yeah. Right away. It's impossible. That's a stupid way of thinking. So, you know, it, it is a journey. And that, that I think part of that is um, you have to also remind yourself just to keep enjoying the journey, to keep having fun with it. Um, you know, I, I get to a point where, you know, I, I sort of think, you know, oh, I've got two or three projects on the go. And it and it'll start getting stressful. And I just think, right, okay, cut one out. Just cut one out. If you're not having fun, stop reset. So I'm quite, I'm quite wary of that now because my time is very valuable because of my family. I've, you know, I've got to spend time with my family. So I have to limit what I can do. And if it was up to me, I'd I'd be writing every day. I'd be living in a a decrepit barn somewhere in the middle of the woods, you know, living off Jack Daniels and just, just typing away (laughs) manically, you know, I would. Yeah, seriously, but I can't do that. You know, that that's not something I can do. So I've got to, I've got to balance it and be wary of that. Yeah, you, you do. You have to be protective of your energy. I know like for me, there are certain times where I'm like, Hey, look, I'm just going to take this day. I'm going to go off and do whatever I need to do. And I'll just come back. Yep. I'll just come back. Um, because, uh, you know, my son's nine, he's going to be 10 this year. Um, and I will not get that time. I mean, I'm at the point now where I'm like, where did my baby go? Like oh, we were just talking yeah, about that today. About yeah. We- my, my son's 17 now and he's bigger than me, you know, which isn't difficult. So, but he's, um, but yeah, 17 now. I mean, you know, it, it seems like yesterday since he was 
start on the sofa next to me, his little legs, you know, swinging left and right. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. And my, my, my daughter just turned 13 as well. And she's, she's growing up quick, but yeah, yeah like you said, time is, time is valuable. So you, 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 you've got to keep an eye on that. You've got to keep one eye on the clock all the time as well. Yes. Yes, you definitely do. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. Um, for those who are interested in reading Mark's stories, they are available on Amazon. They're also available on Barnes and Nobles, aren't they? Yes, they are. Most yeah. of them are. And uh, Booktopia as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So most of them. Yes. Yeah. But um, we will link them in this episode. Um, and so you can go check them out. I would definitely recommend every single one of them. Um, and just if you do read them, let us know. Um, but thank you so much, Mark, for coming on and doing this. I appreciate it. Um, no, we definitely you. would love to have you back on in the future. Um, and I promise I won't ask as many. <laughs> um, no, that's fine. I probably should come a bit more prepared next time. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll do some revising next time. <laughs> oh, you know, you're fine. No, you're so fine. A D, a D minus. Um, yeah. Not everyone is as hardcore as we are. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as you can see from my background, this is literally only half of a shelf and there's yeah. four others around here. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah. I, but, I, I, would, I would not want to compete to you, compete against you in a pub quiz, put it that way. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? I, I know other people, though, that honestly, they would just wipe the floor with me they really yeah. would i could okay. think of certain wow. things like i have a memory of that where i could be like yep. oh yeah it's that director and this and that but there are other people that are just like they remember specific like you know in jaws this is half like billy the bruce the shark blah 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 and i'm like yeah okay. uh, i don't yeah. remember that <laughs> no no chance so, not at all no, no not at all no. I've forgotten my wife's birthday before, so that, that's, but yeah, that's shocking. I've forgotten my own name before, so I mean, really, <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I'm Cassandra, oh yeah, we're just going to go with Cassandra, Cassandra, yeah. like I said. Yeah, like, like Prince, we'll just give ourselves the one name, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as long, I mean, I've been called Cassandra, Cassandra, Cass, Cassie, um, it, yeah. I, yeah, it just doesn't matter, I don't have, um, uh, ego when it comes to that so um it is what it is but uh thank yep. you so much for coming on i greatly appreciate it and we love to have you on again in the future so until next time this is me cassandra from the horror craft podcast saying goodbye and watch some good movies this weekend and read some good books and stay spooky bye <music>